Hey there, welcome to Cold Turkey Podcast. This week I'm with Katja. Katja is from Germany and uh, it was a long distance conversation. Uh, it was an appreciated conversation. It was a um, surprising and sometimes different conversation with, uh, with Katja. Um, and the, the reason why I say that is that, um, and that was a conversation that I had with her, which is sometimes people come from um, I would say like a calm environment and, you know, like there's no, there's nothing that, you know, like what, what makes you think that, you know, like, you, you know, like trouble will come eventually, but, uh, it did. And, uh, you know, like we had a lot of, a lot of talk about self-esteem and, um, the, the, the our self-appreciation of appreciation of ourselves. And it was, um, it was a fascinating talk that I had with, uh, with Katya and, um, yeah, I'm just going to leave you to share everything you find on cold turkey podcast you know like share it to your friends share it to your social media you can find now my youtube channel being populated with you know like the visualization uh transformation that i'm doing with headliner and um it's not a sponsored app uh or ad uh but you know like i i do appreciate that app so um you can see some snippet of it when i do publish the kind of the vi visual of, of audio snippets of the podcast on my Instagram posts. Uh, so without further ado, here's Katya. Enjoy. Hi, Katya. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, uh, as I do pretty much every episode, um, I'm going to be asking you, where are you located? Because uh, I know, but you know, like I know that it's late on your side of, of the ocean, yeah. but um, <laughs> where, where are you located and how has the pandemic impacted you in the past few months? Um, we are in Germany. It's 2 a.m. right now. Um, the pandemic, um, it has impacted me pretty greatly because I am a yoga teacher. I can't do much work at the moment. Um, we are on a light lockdown at the moment, uh, but I'm handling it. It's fine. <laughs> Is the, um, has it impacted uh, your sobriety or abstinence of, of using in any shape or form? Were you someone that, that did attend like meetings? No, I, I mean, I did before the pandemic, yeah. but um, I was actually in a, in a therapy um, kind of setting and I was just finishing my therapy, um, I think in December 2019, so before everything hit. And um, I'm actually super happy that I was able to finish that because I was thinking about other people who were in the midst of the therapy. Yeah. I was, I, I'm not sure how it impacted those people, you know, but, um, I think that would have been a problem for me, but, um, I finished and I felt pretty stable in my sobriety and, uh, it did not impact that at all for me. It, 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 the other thing is that, um, you're absolutely right. You know, like there, there, I've, I've talked with someone that was in BC that I think she had something like three year, uh, three weeks of, uh, abstinence and sobriety oh before it, it yeah. started to hit. So, um, while she, That's she, she had 
very little time to build relationships and you know like kind of find people of trust three weeks is a really short time um she was then confined to her house and and had to rely on those you know like that really short contact list to uh reach out and 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 find you know like the, the the people um while being unable to to actually go outside or attend a meeting or whatever yeah. so it was it was crazy and the other thing is that um the mental health side of th that whole situation seems a bit discarded or or um you know like we're not attentive to it you know like we're not we're not focused on that and i think you know like we're gonna pay for that later um i think so too yeah yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy time right now. You know, like you know, like I was used to attending meetings. Uh, I was used to not that I was like a big hugging guy or you know, like I, I wasn't. But just the vibe of a room full of people trying to uh, help themselves was yes. was really something that um, you know, like it, it made me feel great. Um, you can't get that through well i have a hard time finding that through a zoom meeting um oh yeah i totally agree it's it's tough <laughs> yeah it really is um it's this um, i totally agree i mean i was like um almost two years sober when the pandemic hit so i've um and my mental health has um occasionally i had my ups and downs because like what just what you said with the zoom meetings i i see that with my um yoga stuff some people teach online i cannot do that because i feed off the energy of the room you know yep. i need people i need the contact so i can totally see how that would impact somebody like in the beginning of their treatment or of the recovery road so i think that would be very tough and i honestly don't know how that would have impacted me i'm very glad i did not have to be dealing with that yeah it's it's uh it's like i said you know like it's a really tough time i mean like everyone is uh different but you know like there are faces that i used to see in meetings uh and i mean yes. physical meetings that i don't see on zoom meetings and um mm -hmm. it makes it makes you wonder you know like where are those people and you know like what are they doing with their Definitely. you know like their mental health um well, you know like it's for me like it you just wanted to uh be past us you know like it <laughs> i can't yes. i can't wait oh i can't wait to tell my kids and grandkids you know like there used to be a time <laughs> yes it's so hard for so many people at the moment you definitely right yeah yeah okay so um i'm gonna be rewinding your life story uh movie um okay. and i you know i want you to bring me back to uh either the first memory of you uh, taking something that has made you euphoric or um, mm -hmm. sometimes I, I, I've spoken to people that, you know, like it's, it's someone else's use that has impacted them greatly in their youth. So bring me back, Katya. Okay. Um, I don't know. Alcohol has been, it has been a big part of my life always. I'm in Germany. It's a big cultural thing here. It's like, um, and I come from a small town and everybody here drinks. I've always seen the adults, uh, my parents, everybody. It seemed like alcohol was always a part of having a good time, you know? Yeah. That was the most normal thing to me. Um, 
I remember being very young when I was um, having alcohol for the first time, probably like 14 years old or something like that. And it was completely okay also to the adults to like have a sip of this, uh, have a drink of that occasionally. It is just very, very okay in Germany to, to drink. What kind of kid were you, Katja? What is that? What kind of kid were you? Were you like the, the rebel one or the introvert or the extrovert? Uh, I, was very, I was very extroverted, very outgoing as a kid. Um, yeah, I always wanted to be um, seen and <laughs> you know what I mean? I was yeah. playing theater, I was uh, in the choir. I was always like the life of the party a little bit. Yep. <laughs> And a um, bit of a center of attention. I was always wanting to grab my parents' attention and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> What was the family picture like? Any siblings, brother, sister? Yeah, I had like a younger brother, um, three years younger than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so were you taken because I, I'm I'm the oldest one in in my mm -hmm. and. Uh, You know, like you're, you're sometimes taken as kind of the example or the pioneer or whatever, you know, like, you know, like the school. And, and was this something that you had in your life as well? Not that much. No. Okay. No. And um, you know, in terms of authority, you know, like I always have that conversation with my with my guests, you know, like there, there's uh, there's like there's there's two step to authority. First, there's, you know, like how your parent were. um what was their authority like and then your relation with the first external authority is cool right you know yeah. like there's there's yeah. like that depending on how it was tricked at home your relation with with school is that differs from one side to another so yeah what was the household like in terms of authority um You mean the schoolers or at home? Was it was it a strict environment? Um, we were very very open. Okay. We had little limits in our home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, my parents um, were um, very young when they had us. Yep. They were. You know, they were kind of almost still dealing with themselves and uh, still very much about um, having a good time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And oh, um, absolutely. You know, my parents tried to almost be a bit friends to us. You know, I did. I I think I wanted more rules and um, more routine, more structure. Sometimes. Yeah, you're not the first you know, one to tell me now. You know, and I had a lots of therapy regarding that <laughs> yeah it's not reparenting the myself <laughs> it's not the first time that i hear that you know like that you know like w w when when there's um not enough rules you feel like you know like you should have have been given more you know like the, the, yeah. you wanted like more of a frame of how to live and how to behave yeah. you know um yeah. And I, yeah, I remember my mom always used to be so proud because we were like friends almost, you know, and she was always very proud that she that I consider her my friend. I have daughters myself now. I don't want to be their friend, yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't want to be their friend. I want to be their mom. And yeah. <laughs> they have other friends. And I don't know. I look back now and I see that that's a problem. You're not you 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 are not your 
kid's friend. <laughs> no, and, and as a parent myself, you know, like I, there was something that I had to learn uh, the tough way, which is um, I had my oldest son at 22. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, like, well, obviously, I can relate to what your parents have gone through, which is like trying to be more than friendly almost. So like like you said, you're like almost like friend. And and then at some yes. point it bites you back because, you yes. know, like you, you, you can't put put any authority into, you know, like how you raise your child. And, and um, so you try to become a friendly parent, <laughs> which, <Yeah. laughs> which is kind of a, an absurd term, but um but it's tough mm -hmm. and then at some point you know like when they get to their teens uh they just turn around and be like what the hell dad you know like you you've never been you know like you've never been strict you know like why why the hell yes. you know like what are those limits you know like and and it's um yeah i mean like it, it is it is a tough um engagement but at the same time like if you don't realize that soon enough uh, it will bite you back, you know? Like, so yeah. what was your relation with school then? You know, because I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, like when there's, you know, like a, a lot of freedom at home, uh, when mm -hmm. you get to school, it must be some kind of a little shock, right? It was not so bad. Um, I was naturally trying to please my teachers. It was just my, you know, um, and I was um, trying to be, I was wanting to be good, uh, having good grades. I was a bit of a perfectionist. I always um, compared myself to others. I wanted those A's and B's. So that was important for me. And I had a pretty friendly relationship to most of my um, teachers. Nice. Um, yeah, that was pretty okay. I mean, it. I, th I think as when I, as long as I was a child still, everything was going pretty straight for me. I was pretty... Everything was fine. It started. I started having problems as a teenager, and in school, in life, uh, partying, stuff like that. You know, that was when it really all crumbled down a little bit on me. As a kid, not so much yet. Can you elaborate on that, Katya? You know, like what what do you think happened? You know, like is was there something, uh, an event, or 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 more of a kind of questioning yourself? Um, what yeah. what was it? I, um, I switched schools um, in like when I was 14 or 15 years old. Um, and that was probably the big turning point, point for me because everything was easy up until that point. Okay. I was doing really good in school. I was in all of those extracurricular things. I was uh, doing theater, choir, everything you can think about I did. And then I switched schools. Actually, I switched to a different school because I was considered um, more talented than some others. And in Germany, we have, a, we have a different school system. We get separated at a certain age. And um, so I switched to a school that like taught more languages, a bit um, harder math, you know, stuff like that. And that's when it all started. I suddenly was in um, a school where most of my uh, friends' parents were like um, academics. Uh, they were like lawyers, doctors. My, I come from a working workers' family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, I noticed. Um, all of a sudden, I wasn't special anymore, <laughs> so to speak. All of a sudden, I was like. Um, 
yeah, I didn't stick out. Everybody there had like good grades. Um, the, the kids um, in my school were talented in sports. Like in my old school, I was always like in the um, athletics team and stuff like that. So suddenly I switched to another school and I, I, I all of a sudden wasn't special anymore. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> and my confidence really suffered through that. And, and, then, and, and then at that time, when it was very, very crucial, my parents did not um, support me. I'm not blaming my parents. They didn't know any better. But I could not get a lot of um, help from them. They did not take it seriously. Okay, because you did express it, right? I did express it all the time. I was asking if maybe I could have – I was having a hard time in math. I was asking for tutor uh, sessions and stuff like that and they were always saying oh you just go back to uh the other school maybe you and they 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 said to me maybe you're just not as smart as we thought you know wow um, they did not mean no no, harm, no but it was to me it impacted me so much it affected my whole entire life up until just recently it is insane and um yeah I'm just, yeah and as as you you mentioned uh, that you were trying to be the center of attention and pleasing the people around you, my yeah. guess is that you know, like as as you know, like it, it's like a downward spiral, right? Like your grades get oh, less okay. good, and and so you you you're less and less. You know, like if you're not, you know, like doing good in athletics or just average, you know, like you become kind yeah. of the average character yeah. in a, in a movie. You know, like you're, you're not yeah. the superstar. <laughs> It it, it it must be tough and heavy to carry. Very. Yeah. All of a sudden, I was like mediocre in sports. I wasn't like um, the kid anymore that was able to do everything. You know what I mean? And um, I needed other outlets all of a sudden. I needed to stick out in other ways. <laughs> and so I'm guessing that alcohol became one great yeah. crutch to uh, just vent off. Yes, because my self-esteem suffered so much during that time, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty, um, I, was, I had very, very low, low self-esteem. I went from that kid that was on stage and everything who was like in, um, I was on horseback riding competitions, everything that you can think about, I did. And then all of a sudden I stopped doing everything. I didn't want to compete anymore because I was so scared of failure. I did not want to uh, do any any of that anymore because I was scared. I come out in the middle, and you know that was, yeah. And, and then I stopped it all. I stopped all my hobbies, um, horseback riding, all of that, and I went to the party scene. That's where I then found my friends, my clique, my my new uh, calling. People. Your new calling. My new calling was drinking and. <laughs> And, um, yeah, being loud and a party girl. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, like as you, you know, like you wanted to raise awareness from the teachers by having good grades. I mean, by drinking, uh, you know, like a bit or a lot more than others and screaming louder and, you know, like dancing yeah. longer, uh, you're getting that feeling back. De yes, of course. I was trying to be the best at partying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need you need an A you need an A or a B at party. <laughs> I had to feel like 
I felt like um, I was nothing anymore. And I felt like that I literally almost felt like that's the only way people like me. I started to focus completely on uh, the way that I look because I thought I have, I, I literally for a while thought as a teenager, I have no talents. I'm not extra smart. I have nothing going for me. But if I try to look as cute as possible, if I look beautiful, then the guys give me attention and the girls too, of course, you know? Yeah. And to me, that was, that was my main focus. How do I look? How do I act? How, um, going to the club, um, partying, dancing, drinking, <laughs> trying all types of other things. And to me, it was always important, you know, I don't turn anything down because I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. And was it only... Uh, alcohol or or drugs got involved in that in that spiral as well. Mostly, I drank. Yep. But um, I tried uh, everything that people offered me. Occasionally, we did weed sometimes, um, a little bit of um, speed occasionally. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, but it was more yeah. of a recreational thing. It was. It wasn't. It didn't became an addiction as much as alcohol was. No, that did not. It was, I was addicted to feeling good. Yeah. yeah. I wow. was just, I would have just taken everything that makes me, gives me a high. Yeah. You know, it, no, the weed was not recreational. It was for me to, to get high, to reach a point where I don't have to be sober and I don't have to feel sobriety it, and don't have to, you know, where I can cover up. Yeah. Because so, sobriety took, meant feeling like shit, actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I took like, uh, I, I always tried to get a hand on, on prescription pills back at that time. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Just. What? I mean, it, my guess is that it was fun for a while, right? You know, like, I mean, you know, like finding that, you know, like kind of a different way to, um, how can I say it? You know, like finding a new way to almost appreciate life or appreciate yourself must have been good for maybe a little while, but at least for, for a short while was great. Yeah, definitely. I, it was, uh, I had great moments of course, but, um, I, and I remember the time and honestly, I would not since it is, I consider it a big part of who I am now. So I wouldn't t take anything back. I became who I am now because of all of, of my story. Um, but looking back, yes, I did have a great time. I did enjoy it for a while, but I do remember often waking up. And um, then when the, the alcohol left my system or when I became sober, I often remember feeling empty inside and um, lonely. And I... But then, of course, going out again, that was my life for a while. And already, you, did, you, did, did you already, you know, like, um, identified your substance use as the cause of that? Or you just felt like crap? Uh, not I really. Not at all think that my substance abuse had anything to do with it. Yeah. Up until like 2018. Yeah. You have. I am 43 now. That we talking about when I was 15 years old in 2018 when my therapists told me that I have an alcohol problem and I'm I'm an alcoholic. I told them no, I don't. That's not my problem. I didn't see it at all. Yeah. To me, it was normal. 
So it wasn't, yeah. So, so even though you, yeah. you wake up and you feel not only hungover, but like, you know, like you're, you're, you know, your inside feels like shit. You, yes. you, you can't find it and pinpoint to that, uh -uh. you know, like the, the hangover and the fact that you probably had a little bit too much the, the day before. No, not at all. And so, um, how did it impacted, um, uh, how did it impact both school and your relation with with your family my family was not concerned at all okay. they thought it was pretty normal i have to say my mother is an alcoholic herself okay um, my father uh, yeah my father probably was too um yeah looking back he probably was just never diagnosed you know Um, <laughs> yeah. but to them, it was not at all a problem. My, my mom till this point is, a, is a little bit sad that I don't drink with her anymore. <laughs> it, it is crazy. <laughs> it is really crazy. I mean, I love that woman. Yeah. I love her because I can, through therapy, I can look at her now and I see what I see her and I have like a passion for her and compassion for her. Empathy. I know not it, her fault um, it's empathy uh, Katya you empathy, know, like, yeah it is yeah. empathy you know like I realized that empathy is 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 the secret to pretty much all healing and like yes. it's is the fact to um it's the fact that you you put in you know like a pinch of empathy to every relation most of the relation that we have and it yes. changes everything You know, like yeah. it, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's even more than compassion. It's even more than putting yourself in their oh. shoes. Um, sure. it's, it's the empathy, you know, like, cause sometimes I don't understand it. You know, like, I, you know, like there, there are stuff that you can't understand, but, True. but by being em empathic to, you know, like to the situation, you're like, well, okay. You know, like that's, that's it. You know, like it's, it's letting go and, and, yes. and finding empathy to, to, kind of all kinds of fucked up behaviors you know? yeah and and that's so true that's like um that's what true healing is you know you have i loved how you said that let go you have to let go of that you have to let go of that um resentment uh, i felt yeah. resentment for so long you know and um that you need to let that go otherwise you will never find peace yeah Yeah, my yeah. mom, my mom, I think even 10, you know, like she passed this year, but you know, like even, even 10 years in my sobriety, my mother was, she stopped asking, but I remember kind of the last, one of the last times she asked, she was like, so you're, you're never, ever going to drink, you know, like, and she, she was, she paid for my therapy, you know, like my parents paid for my therapy when I was 30. <laughs> And, and, and I come out of therapy and I don't know what they taught, but you know, like, well, even myself, I, yeah, I had mostly a big, big pot smoking problem. Okay. Never underestimating that my alcohol intake was too much, you know? So, so I get in therapy and the guy's like, okay, let me ask you one question. And, uh, and I'm going to let it, you know, like, because I told him, you know, like I'm here because I have a, a weed problem, you know, like a, a, mm -hmm. a pot problem. And he's like, okay. Um, so I'm going to ask you one question about alcohol and I want you to answer tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, um, how fast do you drink the first beer when you get back from work? And he <laughs> leaves me and he leaves me at that. And so I spend the night thinking that I can't remember that first beer ever because mm -hmm. I, I drink mm -hmm. it. I drink it too fast. Yeah. And, and so the next day 
He's like, so what did you think? I'm like, well, I, I have no memory of the first one ever. You know, like I, that first beer is just like, it, I swallow it. And you know, like I, 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 I would start counting by the second or third, you know, like, and, uh, he's like, well, you probably, I would, I would, I'm assuming that you have an alcohol problem as well. So. So from, from my parents' standpoint, you know, like I go in therapy for a pot marijuana problem and I go, I come back 21 days later and mm -hmm. they don't know that like I come back and I'm like, well, I'm pretty much addicted to anything that gets me high, you know? And my mom was like, so you're not going to take a drink. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, like, and she's like, never, ever. I'm like, no, but. To be to be quite honest and and transparent, um, it was mostly on my on my mom's side of the family three that you know like we we saw a lot of um, alcoholics, drug addicts, and you know, yeah. um, and a lot of addiction came from my mom's side of the of my DNA, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so sure enough, you know, like she couldn't figure out, you know, like, and she probably, um, would have been a good, um, a good alcoholic, but her health or physical health didn't allow her to probably go at the extremes that she would have liked to. So, yes, um, yes, sure. but my grandfather sure. mostly died an alcoholic, um, yeah. on my mom's side. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I totally understand that your mom would say, you're never going to have a drink with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm like, no, mom. I'm like, <laughs> uh, and I, I just try to tell her how sobriety feels and how, oh my goodness. But it's like, mm, you have to want it yourself. It's, it has to, Absolutely. You have to come to that point where it like, I don't know. <laughs> and maybe the solution sometimes is to say, you know what, mom, maybe one day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> let's make her happy <laughs> exactly you know what mom maybe one day but you know not today you know? <laughs> she, she, has, she has pretty much accepted it by now but it makes her a little bit sad <laughs> she sometimes <laughs> says you know uh, it was fun when we used to drink i'm like yep <laughs> yeah it was if you it think so i mean yeah of course it was at the moment but oh my god i wouldn't i would not um trade in my the way that I feel now for anything, yeah. never, 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 never. I wouldn't either. Um, so we, we talked about the impact on family, which seems to have been minimal. What was the impact on school then? Um, well, my, I started, I, I don't know. I, I, my grades, I was mediocre, you know, I started to become, um, not, uh, yeah, a very mediocre student and I did not um, reach the goals that I had set for myself. Um, I wanted to go to call to call it university in Germany. Um, but I did not do that. Instead, I learned a trade. I went to school, I went to school and, um, internship to become a paralegal so not horror not a terrible job but it was not what I wanted it I took it because that's what I was getting with <laughs> the grades I had so it impacted my school life it impacted it impacted everything because you know I basically did not have the stamina anymore to study I went to school sometimes I skipped school because I was up too long the night before and I just didn't go to school sometimes I uh, just 
drove with my bus to school and I just uh, got off and went to the city with a friend and uh, drank something there. So considering the fact that I was doing all that, I basically did not do homework. I often did not take notes in school. Considering that I did okay in school. I mean, I, but um, looking back, it's like, it's sad, you know? Yeah. And so, um, it was sad. It's not sad anymore because I recovered from all that. I'm doing, um, a job that I love now, but it took a long, long, long time. So (laughs) you said that you already woke up, um, kind of, you know, like, you know, like being almost in pain spiritually and, you know, like mentally, um, I mean, how do you, you know, like, how do you counter that feeling by, by using more or you, you would just like tr- try to find, um, cause you know, like the, 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 the low self-esteem is probably one of the, you know, like it eats you alive, right? You know, like it's, yeah. it's a, you know, like it seems like you're slowly almost dying. Um, yeah. how, how do you find, you know, like a way to behave, you know, like act normal during the day? <laughs> I barely, I, I, I mean, I was just uh, putting on an act kind of like, kind of, you know, Yeah. I was, um, a good actress. I, um, pretended to be, um, I pretended to be good and, um, I did a lots of, um, rebellious things. Like I was, I always had to wear the, uh, um, craziest clothes. I had to color my hair, um, all types of different colors. I needed to stick out um, with my looks, kinda, you know. And I tried to show that way. I tried to stick out that way, and I tried to create an an aura around myself that, uh, like, a little bit dark and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I had friends like that. I was like friends with a lots of punks and. Um, people who used and stuff like that. So for a while, it felt like if I felt almost okay in that, in that cloud. (laughs) Would you say that it was almost dangerous as well? You know, like, cause you know, like hanging out in kind of the underground of things, you know, like makes it, you know, like it makes you more vulnerable, right? You know, like I I am so, I don't know. I am a very fortunate person that everything played out the role, the way that it did. I have to honestly say that I'm like, I'm so lucky that um, nothing ever happened to me because I uh, remember being outside at night all by myself with maybe another girl, sometimes by myself in a big city because I didn't drive home with my friends or something like that because I just didn't want the party to end yet. I am so I am lucky that I'm like uh, not only alive but healthy. Yeah, and and at the same time, you know, like like I said, you know, like you, you make yourself um, vulnerable to all kinds of predators. You know, like I'm I'm not just saying you know, like, and I mean scam for money, and you know, like all kinds of situation where you're you're at risk. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, of course, especially as a young girl, you know, um, yeah. always being drunk. And uh, yeah, that that was a problem in my life, too. Um, 
the the boys and the men. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate? Would you would you mind elaborating on that? You know, like I mean, do you mean by finding like exclusively dysfunctional? Um, no, I mean, honestly, I was uh, for a while. I or for a long time <laughs> that's how i received love <laughs> yeah the, it, through the physical through physical love you know and i was uh, uh what you would say now to work or what they said back then was like oh she's a bit slutty <laughs> yeah yeah i understand uh, i was like one of those slutty girls but uh, looking back at i was I like look at, and that's the word again, empathy. I look at girls now and I'm like, who do that? And I'm like, they are not slutty. They're looking for something. They're looking for love. They're looking for, yeah. they're looking for something. They have such a void inside. Yeah. Because I'm like, and I used to be so embarrassed of myself. I'm married now. And I remember when I met my husband, I could not tell him about my history. <laughs> You know, and he knows now, of course, otherwise I wouldn't be talking so openly about it. He knows <laughs> now I opened up to him finally. And that felt so good yeah. that he still loved me. But I was, uh, I just, everybody who looked nice and wanted, who looked good in my opinion and wanted a piece of me could have me at that time, you know? Yeah. And, and, and bad, at the, but, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like by, by telling the story as you did, uh, as you're doing, um, you can actually identify those um, moments where you know, like you ju yeah. you just said it a few minutes ago. You know, like I had to be center of attention. I felt the yeah. need to be um, for people to notice me. Um, yeah. So no wonder when puberty and you know, like all these hormonal changes that happens in a boy and a and a girl's body, you know, like that 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 transfers to sexuality. You know, like so so there's you know, like so there's no. You know, like, you know, like no one should be in shock to hear that, you know, like whatever the attention you got, whether yes. it was psychological <laughs> when you were younger and, 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 and eventually physical and sexual, I mean, well, yeah. it's no surprise, you know, like there's, there's definitely something, as you said, you know, like you, you came to your teens saying, well, if I'm being told and I feel that I'm mediocre and at, you know, like less than average on the psychological side of things yes. well fuck them i'm gonna be much better on the on you know like on the sexual and the physical side of things you know yes. like and 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 find a way that if in my eyes i feel like shit in someone else's high i'm i'm gonna be seeing something much better yeah yeah definitely and uh i see it like that now and um i feel i don't feel embarrassed about it anymore i can talk about it because i see why i see i see me now and i see the 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 feelings and the emotions behind it i see the girl you know yeah. that and, and it's just like and i have uh, compassion for that person that i was back then for the young girl who needed love and who needed something else and I, I remember my life all my life I was trying to have my parents love and attention and especially my father's I always tried to make my mom and my dad proud and I never got that you know and it was just 
Ah, <sighs> yeah. And then I did it in other ways since. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny that you talk about this because, you know, like you, you, you come to, you come to a point in your life that you realize that sometimes it's only because they didn't say it or, you know, like they didn't make it feel as you would have liked it to feel. Yes. You know, it's not yeah. that they weren't proud of you. It's not that they weren't loving True. you as much as they could. Is that you wanted it one way and you got it a different way and you couldn't, you couldn't understand it. You know, like it was just like, what, what, what is that? You know, like, you know, and maybe, you know, like they, they, maybe it was out of, um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say empathy, but you know, maybe, you know, like that, that guidance that the, you know, like telling you that, you know, maybe you're not that smart, which is a rude way of saying Stop putting so much pressure on yourself, you know, like, and, and which is, oh which, God, yeah. and that's exactly what they wanted, you know, yeah. because it was never important for my parents. That's what they tell me now, because sometimes I tried to talk to them about it, you know, yeah. um, I felt like this and they're like, oh my God, we just wanted you to know, uh, we love you either way, no matter your grades, no matter, you know, it's, it was just the. And I know that my parents love me or loved me, but it was like what you said, um, um, the, the way I, I was, I needed it shown in a different way or I needed, I needed to feel it in a different way or something yeah. like, and you know? It, 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 you know, like looking back, I feel like it was almost a, an act of love telling you that, even though, like yeah. I said, it, it was, it was, you know, like in a weird and, and rude way, but it was kind of an act of love telling you, well, Katya, stop putting yourself so much pressure. And like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's way too much. And, you know, like you're going to crack. And even though, you know, like you, you ended up cracking, you know, like, so, yeah. so, um, and, and, uh, you know, like I realize now that, you know, like sometimes it's just like, um, it, it looks like FM radio, you know, like you're, you're listening to 96.9 and someone is, you know, like list, you know, is shouting on 102 and you're like, what the fuck? All I hear is noise. And you're like, I, I don't understand it. But, the, you know, like they're actually telling you what you want to hear, but they're not telling you on the same um I would channel that you, you're, 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 you're captive and you're, you're attentive to listening to it. And, um, and that that kind of weird transmission of information makes us, especially during these years, you know, like those are the the worst years. I was talking to someone on, I think it was on Monday. I was recording an episode, and we were talking about the fact that um, you're, when you're 16, you finish. You're you're about to go to college, 16 or 17. You're about to go to college, and it's probably the worst time in your life for someone to ask you what you're going to do with your life. Yes, you know, like. <laughs> Because you, it's probably the only time in your life where the last thing you know is what you're going to do with your life. That's true, yeah. And school asks you that question. And you're like, what the hell? You're like, I, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. And I mean, on this planet, you know, like, so, <laughs> and you're asking me what I want to do as a career. I mean, yes. please give me a break here. You know, like, I don't know. You know, like, so, um, and it's this kind of the same thing with, with our parents, you know, like they come a time where, um, me, myself as a parent, you know, like I, I, even though you, un, you kind of understand because you've gone through it, you, you look at your child and you're like, well, don't you understand? You know, like there's, there's some, some stuff that are important and there's stuff that is, that isn't, but yeah. 
you know, like you, you kind of don't know how to communicate it between, you know, like between being rude or being tough and, and being, yes. you know, like having some empathy for how they're feeling. And it's, yeah. it's, um, not only a tough job for one as the parent, but it's a tough job as the kid, you know, like those are rough times. Yes. And, and yes. if you add the, the, the variable of substance use, well, you're, yeah. everyone's fucked. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, everyone, everyone is. You know, like no one's gonna win that one. You know, like it's it's just a lost race. You know, like there's there's nothing that's gonna be um, for me. You know, like in retrospect, you know, like especially in my in, in, during that time, I remember taking art. Uh, I I took art in college, and um, mm -hmm. it was. It, it probably a bad idea. Well, it definitely was a bad idea, but, um, I loved art. I loved, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm a creative individual. Um, never expecting, and my parents are not, you know, like my parents are way more pragmatic than that. And so, yes. <laughs> so they couldn't, they couldn't guide me and tell me it was a bad idea or not. You know, like I, I saw that my father wasn't too proud of it, but he was like, well, if it's what you want to do, let's go. And, um, I ended up in college realizing that I wasn't, was, I wasn't about to be, um, taught how to do art, uh, art, but I would be competing for people that knew already how to do art. Yeah. And so I was, I was surrounded with people that were super performant, super, um, um, talented. And I wasn't, I was just like, um. I just love creativity. So yeah. I had, I had great <laughs> idea, but I couldn't express them. I yeah. didn't know how to draw. I didn't know how to, um, you know, I, 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 you know, like I was sitting next to a tattoo, art, a tattoo artist, you know, like what the <laughs> hell, you know, like for me, it was just like, Holy cow. You know, like that guy could just draw me like an angel like this, you know, like I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I can't. And you know, like my, my college, ended while I was trying to draw a horse <laughs> and um I remember trying to you know like concentrate and focus and and, and it looked like shit you know like it was really really bad <laughs> and I the guy was named Sebastian I turned around and I looked at Sebastian I think he was drawing a horse as well or a dog <laughs> and I looked at his as at his animal and I was like okay I'm, you know, like, I, I have to quit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, it was, it was a, just a bad time. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. like I, like I, I remember meeting with uh, someone that was like, like a school counselor at the college. And we, we spoke for about 40 minutes and he asked me, so what are you going to do in life? And I'm like, well, I'm here to ask you those questions. You know, I, I don't expect to have the answers in me because I wouldn't be meeting with you. Um, yeah. So it's just, just bad, <laughs> bad yeah, time. It, you don't know at that time. It's true. Yeah. And so, um, I guess, um, you're, you're so in your twenties, it was party all the time. That was more like in my, uh, yeah, yeah, I think in my 20s it was the same, but um, it started when I was like 15 years old all the way up till I was like uh, in my 20s, yes. 
at some point at that time, like in my 20s, I met my husband. Um, and things did get a little bit better then. But for a while, we were, my husband is, uh, did not realize the issue, the big issues I have, you know. He knows now. <laughs> We're married for tw over 20 years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when he first met me, he just... He just fell in love with this party girl and um, he liked it, me that way back then when he first met me. He said I had a very, very uh, lively uh, personality when he met me drinking. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess you tried to control yourself? Yeah. And um, when I was... Uh, <sighs> Through adulthood, uh, in, in early adult time, it uh, kind of like I mastered that somewhat. I was being able to control my drinking very well. I drank at the weekends. I drank often in the evenings. But throughout the day, I was pretty fine. I was doing lots of stuff. I was working in a law office for a while. Um, um, then I moved to the States, did a lots of different things there. I was, it seemed like things were coming together for me, but mentally never really, you know, that was never really. And alcohol always, always played a big role in my life still, even then. I lived for the weekends and um, going out drunk. And I was always, and it's, I liked how you said the first beer you don't remember. It was the same. I was... Uh, drinking a lots of wine and it was I always was so shocked because I was on my third glass of wine while everybody else was still sipping on their first <laughs> glass you know what I mean so I was always the drunkest and stuff like that but for a while in adult time or in adulthood it wasn't so obvious anymore that I had a problem you know yeah. It was more on the weekends. I was have, holding it together. I was holding a job. I was doing my stuff. So I was very functioning, functioning alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. But did, did you feel it inside that, you know, like you were almost twitching to get that next drink? Yeah, it was very important for me to um, to always have that planned for the weekend or uh, like even through during the week, I bought like a bottle of wine to go with dinner, stuff like that, you know, or I mean, it never stopped being not important for me. I wasn't physically addicted, or but psychologically, you know what I mean? It was breakfast. When I knew I met girls for breakfast, I was disappointed when they didn't have champagne or something like that, you know, so to have a drink was always important for me. It was always a part of everything, except for work. I was able to kind of like separate that. But all my leisure time, my uh, fun times was always involving alcohol. I did not know how to have a good time without it. So um, when, when would you say that it started to become a, a, a bigger problem in your life? Um, a big problem, it became, um, I would say, you know, it, it went on for a while. Then I had my daughters, which, uh, throughout pregnancy, I didn't drink at all. Neither, also not during the breastfeeding time, but, um, we moved ar ar around a lot. My husband is, is, um, us, uh, military yep. and we moved between Germany and the States a lot. 
Um, and our last move back to Germany was in 2016. And that was my point where everything fell apart. Like really, I was like struggling so hard um, to even to find my place again. Now I have children. I had to uh, uh, also kind of like take care of to find their way again, to find their group, to find, to be okay in a new school, in a new setting, you know, everything had changed. Um, so that was my big, big, big breaking point. And that was the time when I started neglecting things in, in, around the house. That's when I was in Germany and I didn't try to find a new job. I was just starting to feel more depressed and depressed and depressed. And that's when I started to, um, every evening I was um, waiting for, um, I was drinking my wine. I was um, up until like, two, three in, at night time and, and, and just drinking. That was the time when I did my household chores and everything because I couldn't do them without drinking anymore. So that's when it became really bad. 2016, uh, uh, the big move over the ocean had um, kind of like triggered that a little bit, you know, where it all came crumbling down on me. And what, how did you react to it? You know, like how, what did you do about it? You know, like how, you know, like were, were you looking for help? You know, like, did you know anyone that, you know, like had either quit drinking or wasn't using and you could rely on? No, um, I was, uh, I was always going to therapy and I tried to be treated for depression and, um, oh, whatever types of mental illnesses I was always trying to figure out. I was desperately trying to figure out what was wrong with me, you know? And so I did go to therapy sessions, but nothing changed much, um, until like, and I didn't have guidance. I didn't know, uh, anybody who was going through the same thing. Um, I kind of like, I remember it was in um, March 2018 when um, I woke up one morning, I was hungover. I was so hungover because, of course, I drank the night before and I felt like shit. And um, that same night I had planned like a party for my daughter. And I was like thinking, I can't do that party. Oh, my God, I can't because I had people invited And I remember that um, that day I was like, oh, God, I need help. Either I'm dying today or I'm dying today if I don't get help because I can't live like that anymore. So I drove myself to a clinic, um, probably wasn't supposed to be driving, but I drove myself to a clinic and um, admitted myself <laughs> and thinking thinking i am i was admitting myself for depressions <laughs> and there i found out that i had a major alcohol problem i i was completely oblivious to that and i was fighting it too because i didn't want to stop drinking of course <laughs> and um so they were they were the ones making you realize that you had an issue <laughs> yes i did not know it until then it, it was crazy <laughs> I still to this point, even though I was hungover most of the time, I saw, I drove my kids to school a lot of the times, probably not being allowed to drive. I remember I called in, I called my kids in sick twice because I was too hungover to get them ready for school. <sighs> yeah. And I still did not know I had an alcohol problem. 
I thought it was depressions. And if somebody would just help me with that, I wouldn't drink. <laughs> how did you, you know, like when, when they told you that, how did you feel about it? I was angry. <laughs> I was really angry and I wanted to have talked. I wanted to um, talk to a different therapist and I was uh, trying to make them see that that's not what my problem is. I was fighting for my alcohol. <laughs> yeah. It was only, um, there came the point where they told me, okay, then they can't keep me here. Then I need to go home and continue as I am doing or, or they, I can stay and I have to uh, follow their treatment plan and uh, which includes sobriety, you know? And at that point I was like, fuck, I'm not, I'm, I don't have an, I was like still thinking, I don't have an alcohol issue, but I'm doing it because I can't go back to how things were before. So I'm like, I just do it, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, so in the beginning, when I started the treatment, it was on, I started an outpatient, a bit over a year long treatment. And I was always thinking <laughs> in the beginning, I was thinking, okay, you will, I will drink again once this year is over. I had the, I had in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to drink again when this year is over, but I'm going to do this year so I can get treated. <laughs> totally <laughs> crazy, you know? And um, yeah, that's, that was my thought. But during that year of treatment, I was like, I was like, I will finally woke up and saw it myself. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Did, you know, like, I mean, on top of being oh. angry, you know, like, you know, like, I guess you were looking for, um, kind of, you know, like, uh, like what was the, what was the toolbox you were given? Um, I had, I had intensive therapy, group therapy and individual therapy. Um, that's what they did for me. And, um, lots of, uh, they did a lot of um, working on trauma, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. Did it, you know, like, did, did it help? You know, like, cause you know, yeah. like we haven't talked, you know, like I'm, we haven't talked much about, you know, like the, any of the Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, were you, were you referred to these places? Um, yes. I was, I was. And <laughs> did, did you, did you try it? Did you like it? Yes. Yeah. Do you mean the, the, the Alcoholics Anonymous now? Yeah. Or? The meetings. Yeah. I haven't, no, I have not tried that, but, um, a friend of mine, um, I, I met the funny thing is now that I have been, through recovery or that I am in recovery, I'm meeting so many people with the same problems. And um, I have a very good friend now who's trying to get me to come to those uh, meetings with her. Since my therapy is, is done and over with, she thinks I, I should uh, continue to uh, do something for myself there in that uh, department. Uh, lots of people actually tell me that. Um, yeah. There's definitely, you know, like there, there's definitely, um, just, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, like 
I'm actually, I came out of therapy with that recommendation, that biggest recommendation of going there, you know, like, so, so for me, you know, like it was more of realizing that I wasn't alone, you know, like that, that's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest realization, you know, like it's, it's a, holy shit, you know, like that, you know, like I'm not the only one that, that looks, you know, like that, that, that feels like crap. And that's, you know, like, um, that was my biggest realization, you know, like it's, it's, uh. I think I got that in my uh, therapy setting because it is like um, it w- they did have the group therapy. I think I got that part taken care of back there. But once I was done with that type of um, therapy, because we met weekly with yep. the same group, kind of like AA, and um, we met every week. And then I also had individual therapy sessions with uh, that same therapist. But I was released in um, December 2019. And then it was also uh, um, recommended that maybe I continue something by myself. I have never done that. But also the, pande- uh, the pandemic hit, you know. So I have never done everything. that yet. But I'm, I, I'm considering it in the future right now i don't feel my sobriety in any way uh or anything but i know <laughs> how i know other people who have been very sure about themselves and have uh, relapsed so i think it is good eventually for me to go to something like that to keep myself in check you know to keep working on myself it's I think it's, it's so it's so insidious. That's the biggest thing, you know. Like yeah, it's it's yes. um and and like I said, you know, like I I found more of um, you know, like it, it's the it's the feeling of belonging that yes. that has changed a lot. And I, I'm not I'm not promoting any type. You know, like you talked about, you know, like having other types of therapy, which is like great example of um, you know, like just just being together with others. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it, you know, like make, makes our life, um, uh, much better be only because, you know, like it, it's, um, it's the sense of belonging, you know, right. that's, that's pretty much the, the best thing is to realizing that, oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, like I'm not alone, I'm not the only one. And, you know, like it, it changes it. Well, it seems to be changing a lot for me. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, like it, it changed a lot of things, you know, so yeah. Um, for me, what was my huge game changer also is um, throughout my therapy, I started to go to yoga teacher training and I became a yoga teacher. Um, I, uh, and I'm teaching, I mean, at the moment with the pandemic, things are rough, but um, that's a lot where I get a lot of my um, uh, belonging from right now, my my yoga group, my my other yoginis and my uh, yogis. Um, that's where I get a lot of that feeling from, that belonging, that purpose in life right now. Yeah. Um, that's a big part for me. That's like one of my most important tools now in uh, sobriety, my, uh, my yoga. That is like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I mean, again, you know, like it's it's very, very much the sense of community, you know, like that's yeah. what oh. changes, you know, like it, it changes everything. Totally. And um, my f- another fellow uh, yoga teacher is also um, a recovering alcoholic. Uh, she actually does go to AA meetings. She is uh, she actually does a bit of yoga for that group. You know, um, it's yeah, I have a I'm glad I have that group now because I don't know how I would be holding up without 
my yoga family because here in my little small town, everybody is normal. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is, <laughs> nobody is like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. And, 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 I love everybody and um, I have a great group of people here, but I cannot just talk to them and they just understand me. That's that type of connection I have with other people who are going through the same thing or even with my yoga people that where I can just be like, this and that and, and I don't have to explain much they just understand <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> it's uh it. <laughs> it changes everything you know oh, like it, uh, it, it does it, it changes everything like yeah. that's the that's the beauty of it yeah um and so how do you keep your your sobriety healthy you know like you you talked about you know like the the you know like kind of finding a fraternity through your yoga classes um yeah. it, Oh, you know, like, do, do you do a lot of journaling? Do you write a lot? Do you, um, you know, like meditation? Is there like a, like a recipe for Katya sobriety? Yes. Um, I, I take a lots of care of myself. I always make, make sure that I fill my cup now, so, you know, because that's how I can be a good mother. And I'm so happy and grateful for my daughters that, um, they have a mother now <laughs> yep. and, um, yeah, but I make sure I fill my cup. I do a lot of journaling, my yoga, nature. I'm a lot outside. I go outside a lot, hiking. I need my alone time. And I sometimes tell my husband, I need alone time now. And then I take that. Yep. And then I can come back and um, be there for everybody. And I love being there for everybody. It is not overwhelming anymore. But I make sure first that I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, I have learned I have learned that in therapy. We focus a lot on self-care and self-love. Find out what feels good. And it's, of course, different for everybody. Some people like to do photography. Some people are runners. For me, it was yoga, writing, reading. I love to read a lot. Um, those types of things, you know. And, yeah. And I always just have to make, uh, so far... I can now tell when I'm when I'm like somewhat going down a bit and I know what to do now. I'm not uh, trying to say I will never have problems again, but at the moment I feel like I feel stable, but I know I have to be careful. We were we were told in therapy to be <laughs> to it's a, it's um a lot of work that you have to do a lifetime. You can't slip. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And being care, being careful is pretty much a secret, the secret of it all, you know, like yeah. it's, uh, yes. yeah. Well, you know, like, is there anything, you know, like are cause you know, like I, I know I found you on, on social media. Yes. Um, I always ask, you know, like the, uh, our guests, um, you know, like where can, you know, like, do you promote that sobriety? Do you talk about it? Do you, is there places and ways that people can find you on social media so that they can be inspired? Yes. Um, I do talk a lot about mental health and sobriety, um, on Instagram and it is, um, uh, it is an open account. It is, um, public. And so where can people find you? Uh, it's on Instagram. It's um, Sober Yoga Kate. 
Okay. So for every listeners, uh, I, I say that every week, but you know, like if you, so, uh, Katya is going to provide me with all of the links, you know, like so that we can find her, uh, and it's going to be found in the description below the episode. So you just scroll down with your mouse and you're going to find every link in there. Um, Katya, it was a pleasure having you on this. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. You know, like it's, uh, you know, like it, for me, it's always, uh, you know, like now I have Germany as a, <laughs> as a, you know, like as a new region that I've, uh, that I've had guests for. So, you know, like I'm, I'm super happy that you accepted to join in and it was, uh, it was, it was a pleasure having you. Um, th thank you for having me. It, it, I was... know, I, it is important for me too, to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to give, we need to add the stigma a little bit too, you know, and give it, give ourselves a voice, make ourselves heard, you know? So yeah. I'm very thankful and grateful for what you do also. It's Thanks. great, great work. It, it's, uh, it's appreciated. And, you know, like I, I, uh, I can't be uh, thankful enough, you know, like for people joining in, you know, like I reach out as almost a stranger and, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, yeah. hi, you know, like, would you like to be part of that? And people yeah. just say, yes, you know, like they just got, they just get in and I'm, I'm super happy about this, you know, like, so thanks a lot. It was uh, really appreciated. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. You thanks. Too. Bye. Bye-bye.